Welcome to the HU Pirate Ship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com, where we talk about the pirates. It's free and anyone can join. Verified pirates are treated to inside information about HU and HU athletics. I'm your host, Tariq, a.k.a. Big Greek from the HU Pirate Ship website, and I'm a 2008HU alum, and we also have Hampton Knight from the HU Pirate Ship. What's going on uh, this week, Hampton Knight? Oh, nothing much, man. You know, it's we're getting into the thick of this football season. So, you know, I'm very excited and everything is great. That's true, man. Yeah, we, we are actually 50% of the way done, halfway done with the season. So, I mean, it, it's uh, it's going to be a good race to the finish, especially since we are still in the middle, of, in the thick of things. So, it should be a good, a good finish. And, you know, it looks like they got off to a good start with the second half by beating... Delaware State for homecoming 21 to 7. Um, you know, it wasn't a great game. Uh, it started out, you know, good for Hampton. They took a quick 14 uh, nothing lead uh, at the end of the first quarter. I think Watford had a 27 yard run around the, the end for a touchdown, and I think he also threw a touchdown pass. Um, but the offense was pretty quiet um, basically for the rest of the game. And uh, the whole game was quiet until the fourth quarter. So between the, the third, second and third quarter, not much going on except maybe like the halftime festivities. Um, but uh, then the fourth quarter, uh, right as Delaware State was going in to score, Oro Farsian, I hope I said that right, man, returned a fumble 83 yards uh, for a touchdown to, to give uh, Hampton, uh, put Hampton up 21 to nothing, basically putting that game away. And then uh, Delaware State got some uh, points at the end just to avoid the shutout. But, uh, hey, they took care of business, and, um, you know, they got the W, which was important. So they back up to, uh, what are they, 3-2 and two? or 3-3? Three and three? Uh, Yeah, 3-3. Three three. Yeah, back to 500. Yeah. So sitting pretty, um, you know, um, going into the second half of the season. So any, any overall thoughts as they about to, you know, kick off the second half of the season, so to speak? Well, I mean, I would say that it was pretty much what we expected. Um, I know some of us had a four and two, uh, some even had five and one expectations. Um, but we still have to remember that, you know, our defense last year was not a, um, productive defense. You know, they did, uh, they did have trouble defending the run and the pass last year. This year they have actually played better the past two games and I think that if we have seen uh, now because you think about it we uh, reached our win total for last year with three wins and so and the three losses we have uh, received were very close games so those are good things um, going for you know the second half of the schedule for this year but unfortunately we are playing some heavy uh, hitting programs um, coming up, we have Morgan State, South Carolina State, and those two programs alone, you know, are the top programs in the MEAC. So, I mean, it's going to be a pretty uphill, um, pretty tough uphill battle for the Pirates, but that's pretty much it, though. Yeah, that sounds right. Hey, and don't forget, we got William and Mary after the this game against Morgan State. So they got Morgan State, William and Mary and South Carolina State. So <laughs> that'll be a good test right there, man. No, I mean we've never we've never beat William and Mary, so I mean you know, we'll be lucky if we ever win that game. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the true, true. <laughs> but uh, hey 
say luck goes to the prepared. So if we're prepared, man, we can we got a shot there. But um, I'm holding out hope. So, uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about uh, just this Delaware State game. Um, you know, put the, put this thing to rest. But uh, not many uh, bad things. Not not too much to complain about, except you know the lull in, in the middle of the game. Uh, there were lots of uh, good things uh, to mention from this game. So uh, the good, the my, my you know most important part here was the defense dominated the game. Um, they held Delaware State to 256 yards, and I mean Delaware State really couldn't get anything going. Tried different quarterbacks, tried all kinds of different things, but not much was going. And, and when they did get close to scoring, we shut them down. Um, so uh, I think a big uh, shout out to the defense for putting in the second straight uh, strong game to uh, control this game and actually help seal the victory uh, against Delaware State. Um, also, Oral Varcian again, he was named MIAC Co Rookie of the Week for that play to seal the game, that 83-yard uh, fumble return for a touchdown, put that game away. Miles Grooms was dominant. He had eight tackles, three and a half for loss, two sacks, and a bunch of hurries. So he was all over the place making plays. You know, T.J. Mixon, he did his thing. He had seven catches for 72 yards. Dukes, he had 15 carries for 85 yards. And even the special teams, Malign, much maligned special teams made a play. And uh, Shaka Diarabasuba, uh, he, he got a block um, to end, you know, a late uh, scoring push that Delaware had, that Delaware State had to try and get back in the game. So um, defense and defense dominated the game. We got some help from special teams, and um, all their big players came out and made plays this game. So, I mean, that was pretty encouraging to see. So did I leave anything out there here tonight? No. I mean, you've pretty much covered everything. Um Delaware State has uh, a program that's been pretty much in turmoil and transition for the past, I would say, eight years. I mean, it did not see success until uh, Al LeVon was the head coach, where they actually won the MEAC. And Delaware State just has to kind of find out what kind of program or what kind of football program are we going to be. And I think now it's starting to show that uh, – they are still in the the process of finding out who they are and what they are. And the Pirates just exploited it. And I do think that um, Hampton needs to learn, judging by this Delaware State game, to put teams away. Even though it was a 21-7 win, we were up 21 nothing. I mean, if you go up 14 points early in the, in the first quarter, that means that something is clicking. And whether it's the running game that didn't get established or whatever it was, Maynard is going to have to find the kill switch to put teams away and so that they can just start playing their uh, backups, you know. And let us see what we got coming for next year. But since everything was good, I really don't have any complaints except for the fact that our team just does not put teams away. Yeah, very true. Good good point. Good point. Um Every every game, there is some quarter where they fall asleep. I, I can't think of one game where they didn't fall asleep for at least one quarter. I, I, I have no idea what that's about, but that is that is interesting. Happened again this week, but luckily Delaware State couldn't make you know couldn't make a real comeback. So um, for the bad, I didn't have much you know much to report you know much to complain about from this game, except that the defense didn't get the shutout. So that would have been two straight years of shutting Delaware State out. So I was looking for that, but uh, they got that late score at the end. And, again, we had nine penalties for 96 yards, man. So that's just what we do. Um, But, again, those penalties, you know, 
uh, or, or just rear their ugly head. I, I don't know how to stop that, but you know, I guess like I said, we said earlier earlier podcast a couple weeks ago. Just that's just who they are. I mean, they're gonna commit penalties. So that's that's my bad list, man. Anything else to complain about? Uh, well, you know, of course the penalties are always bad, and um, I just think that uh, more of the cohesion, um, the lack of cohesion, I get most of the players. But for this game, it was pretty, I mean, I don't have that much to say except for the fact that we continue to not put teams away, and that's very problematic when it comes to the fourth quarter where, you know, you, you need to establish some sort of running game so it could tire down a defensive line. But outside of that, you know, Hampton played pretty much lights out. Yep, very true, very true. And, you know, as I was looking at some of the stats for this game, I started looking at some of the season stats, man. I, I saw two stats that shocked, kind of shocked the heck out of me. So I, I don't think many people know this um, about Hampton, but so far in the MEAC, at this point in time, uh, Hampton has the number one total offense and the number three total defense. That's kind of insane, actually. And to, to only be 500 and have two losses in the conference and to have those kind of, you know, that, that kind of productivity on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, that's kind of kind of scary that they're not uh, – fr- and frustrating that they're not uh, in better control of their situation in the MEAC. And I guess it's really due to the penalties and – some of the other inconsistencies, but, you know, they, they, they do have some talent and they're putting some things together, but, you know, those stats were kind of, you know, interesting to me when I, when I saw those stats. Yeah, it's extremely disappointing because you have Twan Mixon, who now uh, has, what, 572 yards and six touchdowns, and you have uh, Rayshon Proctor backing him up with 239 yards and three touchdowns, and you got Leon Shorter, Rayshard Riddick, and Saquon Gooding. And these players have done a tremendous job by uh, just, you know, on their receiving skills. And then you have Miles Grooms on defense, and the defense is starting to come together. But if you just notice, the one thing that we're leaving out is special teams. Yep. And, if, and those special teams account for, you know, a definite defeat against North Carolina A&T, where we dominated them, on, dominated them on both sides of the ball for for pretty much the entire game, and of course with Richmond, with Richmond, you know there was problems there, and it's just that we can like we fixed the actual two problems last year, but we didn't even think about the special teams. So, I mean that is a big a big hole that we haven't filled yet, but. Going into next year, I'm sure Maynard is looking at making sure that all three uh, teams, uh, offense, defense, and special teams, are going to run co- coherently. Agreed. Yep. Hey, if if he gets that special teams um, coach and we get a little bit more depth, I mean, it's going to be dangerous. Uh, I mean, because they they do have some guys. I'm I'm noticing some younger guys are getting a little bit more playing time. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of encouraged by some of the guys that are, are coming up next year. We lose a lot of productivity, but, you know, if those guys can step up and we have some guys that can fill in behind, um, then, you know, that, that can help close that special team gap. Another thing I saw this week, so I was watching some, um, 
you know, college football show on ESPN, and what they're showing is that special teams is is such a game changer now at the at the you know big time level. Like teams are playing their straight up starters on special teams. Like you know they're not even leaving it to the guys that you know aren't good enough to start. So you know we may have to do some of that as well as the season wears on. To you know, I mean, who wants to see Miles Groom on punt return or punt coverage? But you know, I mean, you gotta. You know, we, we're going to have to shake something up there if we want to remain competitive um, and get some more talent on that side, on that uh, phase of the game out on the field. So I think that's something that to look forward to next year. But, you know, just, just from an offense and defense perspective, the team is pretty impressive. Shocked the heck out of me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And that's a testament to Maynard's coaching acumen. It's just that, you know, special teams. Yep. But, I mean – I mean, the season is still young. We could still um, pull out a MIAC victory, a conference championship. So, you know, we just probably need just a little bit of help, you know. Hopefully Norfolk State will – and Norfolk State and uh, A&T will uh, go through the gauntlet that Hampton is going through and similar to the SEC, cannibalize <laughs> and just – Everybody feast on each other. Yep. So let us hope. <laughs> yeah, hope. <laughs> cool, man. So hey, like we've been talking about midseason and how the team is looking so far. So I think it's a good time to talk about the midseason awards. So sure. Um, yeah. So of course, my my midseason or uh, offensive MVP is uh, T.J. Mixon. I mean, you went through some of his stats before, but he leads the the Pirates uh, offense. Um, you know, he changed the whole. You know. The, he changed the whole scheme on how defenses uh, choose to cover the, the, the offense because, I mean, you've got to put somebody, you know, over the top of him just to give some help because, you know, he can make a play at any point on the field. So that opens up everything for everyone else across the board. So, I mean, he is my offensive uh, MVP of the season. He leads the team in receiving in every category by far. And he also leads the MEAC in basically every reception. He's tied for – uh, receptions lead uh, with uh, Brandon Norwood out of FAMU with 32, but he's like leaving him in the dust as far as uh, yards are concerned. So nobody's close as far as uh, yards. Um, he leads in touchdowns. He leads in average uh, yards per catch. He leads in average yards per game and leads in receptions per game. So, I mean, he's just dominant. And I, I even think he could be uh, considered for league uh, MVP. So, I mean, he's just been dominant. Uh, for the Pirates this year. So he's my offensive MVP. Any thoughts on Mixon, Hampton Knight? Um, absolutely. You know what? There's nothing really much to say about T.J. Mixon. I mean, he's uh, an exemplary athlete on the field, and he actually carries, I think, a 3.6 GPA. So, I mean, he's an excellent young man, an excellent student athlete. And I mean, it's a test. I mean, it's a testament to his hard work and dedication to the program. I think, you know, going forward, you know, he should get a look at the next level. Yeah, he should. With those, with that kind of, with those kind of numbers, I mean, he may have to get better on special teams. Um, yeah, maybe punts or something like that. But just, you know, from catching standpoint, yeah, he should should get a look, um, you know, at the next level. So he's, and I think he's just a sophomore, a junior, right? So we might have. I think game. he's a. Yeah, I think he's a red shirt because I think uh, he had an injury red shirt. So I, I think we do get him back for another season. Yeah, man. So I mean, that's that's great. That's great. So next year, continues. It might be a Peyton. Uh, it might be on a Peyton watch early on. So 
But, uh, yeah, he's our offensive uh, uh, MVP and, I think, a candidate for league MVP. Defensive MVP, that goes without saying, that's Miles Grooms. Um, he's third on the team in tackles, leads um, in um, tackles for loss and sacks. He's basically the overall leader of the defense and some say leader of the team. And he also leads the MIAC in sacks. So, I mean, he's pretty dominant. Um, you know, it's, at, at times he gets worn down. He's a bit undersized. But, um, you know, when he turns it on, he, he's unstoppable. So he's anchored the defense and, and that turnaround that they've seen so far this year on the defensive side of things. So he's our defensive MVP. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I mean, there's nothing more you can pretty much say. You know, he's uh, – a He's uh he gets a lot of double teams and um and of course we think he's still play um, playing out of position but I mean for what he does and for the um, productivity that comes out of him it's extremely it's extremely good and I just, I mean you can't find a better player on that uh, on the defense unit than Miles Griggs. Yep, very true. And I think you know I think Hargrove. Um, um, it's Hargrove, right, from South Carolina State, the defensive yes. tackle. I mean, I think yes. he is the defensive MVP for the league, but if there is someone second or someone else who should be in a discussion, it should be uh, Miles Grooms. To, he should also get some consideration, at least a vote for his play so far this year. So pretty pretty, yeah. pretty dominating first half for him. Uh, my uh, newcomer or rookie of the year, it's kind of weird to say rookie, but definitely newcomer is David <laughs> Watford. Um, he leads the MIAC in passing. He leads the MIAC in all passing categories, yards, attempts, completions, touchdowns, interceptions. Um, he's the best uh, quarterback in the league, hands down. And, um, he, he, you know, he's, he's had some turnover issues at, at, at points, but um, other than that, he's he's been um, the, the best new addition to the team this year. And, and, you know, you could make the argument for him being, you know, part of you know, the discussion for um, offensive MVP. Uh, for the league as well, so I mean he's he's had a, a great year so far for us. Oh, definitely agree with that. David Walker has um, performed up to his ability, and at that, and at some points beyond his ability. Yeah. I do think that he has thrown too many inter- interceptions, but I mean for the amount of touchdowns that he has, and I'm looking at it, I see what uh, 13 touchdowns so far, and. Um, that's just no. I'm I'm sorry. Not 13, 14 touchdowns, and that is only at the halfway mark. You know, we could possibly see 28. You know, if he doubles that. So I mean, I do think he is a great uh, a great newcomer. You know, unfortunately, we have him for one year, but I do think that he is a definite possibility to be the MEAC uh, rookie of the year, even though he is a graduate along with Terry Cohen. Yep, very true. Yeah, very true. Hey, hey, one other thing I forgot about Mixon. He has two touchdown passes as well. So, Absolutely. Um, he's, he's, he's crazy, man. He's great. So special teams player of the year uh, so far, or special teams MVP. You know, we get on the special teams about every week here. But uh, Faber Kenny has been uh, pretty rock solid um, for the team this year. He leads the league in punting average. So, you know, he's, he's done well. Uh, to get the Pirates, you know, try and get to some better field position and, and flip the field. So he's done well uh, punting for the team. So uh, I think we got some talent, man. I mean, you know, we, we've we got some talent, some pretty good front-line talent. And, you know, our, our midseason MVPs, 
uh, you know, kind of seal that deal. I was going to go into, like, the offensive line MVPs, but, you know, we don't get the grades. <laughs> if we got the grades, we can go into that. But I think our center is pretty strong. And Smith, you know, Smith must be – I'm still on a fence about Smith. Sometimes he looks dominant. Sometimes he looks like, you know, you know he's just out of space. But, I mean, the fact that they flip him – um, he's mm-hmm. not always left the right tackle. I mean, that shows that, like, yo, man, whatever side we're really trying to do something, we need to go behind him. So he, he's I agree. Be, you know, pretty important and dominant figure on that line. So, um, offensive line, I would give a point to them, but you know, I don't, I don't have the grades. So I don't really know how to score it. So, but uh, yeah, so we we got talent, man. Got talent, and uh, you know, it shows. It shows with uh, these these candidates at this point. Absolutely, absolutely. Great. So let's hope uh, we continue uh, on the right uh, track and these, these numbers get even better. So, uh, BK, let's run down the, the MEAC scores. So, uh, South Carolina State lost to Bethune-Cookman 14-7 uh, to on Thursday night. That was a pretty good game, actually. I watched that. Um, that was the, the game for the big boys. I mean, these teams are huge. I mean, they look like uh, F- FBS teams out there, and they were, they were they had a pretty pretty good game out there. Um, mm-hmm. North Carolina Central, um, they snuck by Florida A&M. So another loss for the Rattlers. Um, <laughs> the, Morgan State uh, lumped up uh, Savannah State 42-3. to We beat Delaware State 21-7. to And, hey, Norfolk State lost to A&T 27-3. Now, the most interesting thing is, I think uh, Captain Silver pointed out, that's 17 points that Norfolk State scored on us in that third quarter. That's their highest point total period for the year. They haven't scored 17 points in any other game. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> kind yeah, of crazy. and um, and if you think about it, um, they 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 lost a pretty terrible game to North Carolina A&T, a team we could have easily beaten. Yep, and same way with North Norfolk State. I mean, those games were really beatable games, and we were up at times on both games. Um, and as you go down the scores in the MEAC, you see the, that the big boys of the conference, of course, South Carolina State and Bethune-Cookman, those two teams, you know, are – and if you notice, Buddy Pugh always has a good line. He always has an uh, a offensive line of – uh, big athletic pile driving movers, you know, mm-hmm. along with, and, but Tim Cookman always has, I would say, athletic, uh, players. And I mean, athletic, they can get, they can tackle. And, you know, I mean, though, and, and they're what I would call football oriented teams. They play football. They get after you. And then, uh, then we look at North Carolina Central before they end up, you know, North Carolina Central, I would say, is still the upstart team. But they do have some injury problems. And, you know, I think they barely squeaked by because their backup quarterback, Quinn Billerman, he had to take over, and they barely beat a, a I would say, a depleted Florida A&M team. And then, of course, we already know about Savannah State. You know, yeah, they just beat Florida A&M, but they just took one on their chin to Morgan State with a 42-3 uh, loss. And, um when I think about this, it just pretty much sums up what we all thought about how teams are going to uh, going to fare this season. And I just think that going forward with Hampton now, with the gauntlet of the schedule that we have, we are in a pretty tough situation because 
if this game does not go well with Morgan, and we and we will go into, I guess, what William and Mary with the loss with and no confidence. So this is a pretty crucial game for you know Maynard's club right now. So I hope they're actually uh, focusing on right now on practicing and what are they going to do to stop this Morgan State team. Yes, they better be. I'm, I'm sure they are. They better be watching film right now. Of course, after they hit the books, but I I think this game against Morgan State is a it's really a, I'm going to say it's a statement game on game on Maynard and his abilities to get the team up. I mean, you know, this is a game they should win. Quite frankly, I I mean, Morgan State they do some things well. Um, you know, they lead the league in rushing at 177 yards per game. I mean, you know, that's okay. Um, but our defense is second best against the run, amazingly. At the, and they only give up 127 yards per game. Morgan State averages 78 penalty yards per game to our 88. So, I mean, they're just as undisciplined as us at times. Um, and uh, let's see, what else? Their quarterback, you know, they complete the, uh, completions are under 50%, um, but he is their leading rusher and passer, so I guess a dual threat kind of guy. Their wide receivers are okay. Their defense is okay. Um, they have a maybe a slight special teams advantage. I mean, hey, man, there's no reason we shouldn't win this game. I mean, you know, you don't want to go and be embarrassed that, um, you know, Morgan's homecoming. I mean, the season is all ahead of you. You are better than Morgan State on paper. I mean, I, I don't – this should be a win. This should be a win. And, and Maynard has to find a way to get these guys up and focus for 16 minutes to get this game. But I, I just – you know, but you know what we do. I mean, we're going to play to Morgan, not to our capabilities. So that's going to make it close. But man, I mean, this this should be the game where Maynard's like, "Yo, man, I got my team. I know how to communicate to them. I know how to make sure they understand what we're trying to do and get it done." So that's what I'm looking to see this game. It is a good opportunity to go and beat up some Bears on their homecoming and get in a good position heading into William and Mary. So that's my ranting on this game. I, I'm expecting them to win, man. If they don't, I, I will legitimately be disappointed. So any other thoughts? <laughs> um, You know what? Let me just say this. Um, Hopefully this will be our Bethune-Cookman this year. Uh, like, I mean, our Bethune-Cookman game like last year. But this Morgan State team, if you look at their schedule, um, you know they they got blown out by Air Force sixty three to seven and Illinois State sixty seven to fourteen, and they barely beat a Howard team which we crushed. And you know they the score with Delaware State is pretty much the same. I mean this game probably should be a win in our category for Hampton, but the problem is I think the fact that it is an away game. We are playing in Morgan, and it is their homecoming, so they will have an extra uh, added adrenaline boost. So if we can weather the storm after the first quarter, I think we're in pretty much good shape. Um, I do. I am a little bit worried about uh, um, the, uh, our players getting up for the game, and I also um, am a little bit, how should I say, hesitant about being over-exuberant about this game. And I just think that, you know, this to me is a make-or-break game for the season because these next three games, you know, are are going to be extremely difficult for the Pirates, you know. Going down to Orangeburg and going over, of course, to Zabel Stadium at William & Mary, 
you know, these are just, those are just tough opponents. And I don't want to go into those games with the loss of Morgan. And I think Maynard knows that. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a test. I mean, you know, we all get tested, man. I mean, this is the show. Hey, you've been putting this thing together for a year and a half. You got your team in a position to, to win this game. And, and, you know, he's got to pass this test. Otherwise, they're just playing for pride. Then they're just playing playing the play the rest of the season, you know, at, at three and four with three conference losses. And then you said going into Zabel Stadium, oh, man, no, nah, you, you don't want that, man. <laughs> that's, that's bad news, man. You got to take care of business and, 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 and make it a bad homecoming for, for Morgan State. So that's what I'm expecting, man. I'm going to, I'm going to just expect that instead of kind of hedge and hope for the best. I'm, I am – Expecting. And they did lose their they did lose their starting quarterback I think so I think that will play into the hands of us but you know I mean we have to get after them you know I mean this is a very crucial game I don't remember the last time we actually went up into a huge stadium and won but I do know I think it was like about what four or five years ago yeah I remember and, that. Uh, it was a nasty it was like the last game of the season. Yeah. It was a nasty, and, cold day. It was an ugly game. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Herbert Vines was a quarterback, and I think we had Dennis Mathis as a running back, and and I, that was it was a five and six season or a six and five season, and it was just one of those games like you couldn't get out of Baltimore quick enough. Yep. And I just think that you know this is this is a perfect setup. You know, I mean, it's the middle of the season. You know, we just came off of a, a win against Delaware State. You know, we should win this game. And then we should go into William & Mary with some sort of uh, uh, confidence or at least some sort of momentum. And, and then after that, you have Orangeburg, and that's the real test. So, Agreed, agreed. So, yeah, let's looking forward to a good game this, this week. Um, uh, I wish I could be there. That's, that, that'll be a fun atmosphere this week up in Baltimore. So, yeah, I think I, we're looking forward to it. And also, you know, what's coming up Hampton tonight, basketball season. So the preseason uh, rankings came out this uh, this day, actually, and the Pirates are scheduled to or predicted to finish second. The men and women are supposed to finish, predicted to finish second. So we got to get into basketball season pretty soon since that'll be Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And I think uh, if they're ever going to say that Davis Six is going to finish second, then they're, they're truly – Surely going to receive his wrath when he gets on the court, you know, because, you know, six doesn't finish second. That's just not his thing. No. And um, I just, I mean, I, I, I can understand it, but I just, I'm not going to accept it. Now, as far as the men's basketball team, I'm okay with the second place. You know, I do think we always finish the season always on a surge, and I do think that's probably going to happen. After, because I think our first nine games are on the road. Yeah. I'm just hoping that we could eke out some victories on those first nine games, maybe one or two. But, I mean, it, that's a very tough schedule. And when you're a successful program, nobody will want to play you. That's exactly what so, you said. And we have a, we don't have a, or at least we have a new point guard. So, I mean, I, that that's the story. I, I wish we could really, you know, we're going to dig into that soon. But we have a new point guard. Um, everything else is intact. But we got to see how yeah. they, they they fill that spot. I mean, that's a glaring, gaping hole at this point in time. So, you, and you need that early in the season, traveling the West 
<laughs> to West California State and wherever the heck else we got to travel to to actually get some games <laughs> in the season. So <laughs> yeah, be- absolutely. Yeah, so we're gonna dig into that yeah. soon, man. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. Cool. Well, hey, thanks, man. Thanks for help uh, break down this uh, upcoming game against Morgan State. Should be fun, and I'm expecting us to be four and three uh, come uh, Saturday evening. Yeah, four and three sounds good. It's better than three and three, but I mean, we just have to make sure that our players are ready to play. You know, they picked us for homecoming because they thought this would be a, a pretty easy victory. So, man, I mean, let's be home. <laughs> let's be homecoming killers this year. You know, yeah, so let's do it, man. Let's do it. So, but uh, hey, thanks a lot, man. Good show, and um, we'll uh, check everybody again next week. Next week, you guys have a good one. All right, man. Take it easy. All right.